In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text for today is the Gospel reading, which I've already read. The Reformation's primary concern is the truth of the Word of God. There were, of course, other things that came out of the Reformation movement that changed politics, economics, and even set the stage for nearly everything that undergirds what we think and do today. Even the Roman Catholic Church looks different today because of the Lutheran Reformation. But we are not primarily concerned about any of that. As the true heirs of the Reformation, our view of the Reformation must be centered in God's Word and God's Word alone. But what are we to do with this truth? Why should we even be concerned about the truth? In the age of fake news and social media fact-checkers, we might not even know what the truth is if it came up and clobbered us in the head. If someone can pull up an article online to dispute any claim that you would make, why should we be concerned with the truth? Well, some might say that it would be better if we just go along to get along. Why fight any culture wars at all? Can't we just marry and be given in marriage and be content until the day of our Lord's return? Well, what does Jesus say? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. With this statement, Jesus shows us the importance of the truth. God's word is truth, Jesus says in his high priestly prayer in John 17. And although not all truths necessarily proceed directly from the scriptures, all truth is God's truth. And as Jesus says, the truth will set you free. Now here's an example. If I learn my addition math facts, I master the fact that one plus one equals two. I am able to govern myself with that knowledge a little more fully. I am not dependent on someone to help me with my addition, but I can do it all on my own. But if I insist in my hubris that one plus one is in fact three, then my slavery to what is false is deepened. Unable to master the concept of addition, my mathematical abilities will be hampered in every way going forward, and I can no longer govern myself. I will always be dependent on someone or something else for the truth. Perhaps one of the gravest errors of our day is the thinking that our ability for self-determination is what makes us free. If a man can decide 
whatever he wants to be for his pronouns, or a woman can think that the life inside of her womb is, a, is not a person that is worthy of protection, then we think that that's what makes us free. That's this radical notion of self-determination that has infected us today. However, this unrestrained freedom isn't freedom at all. It's nothing but a deadly form of slavery that is simply masquerading as freedom. What does not proceed from the truth is a lie, and whatever is not the truth does not set us free. But Jesus is seeking to free us from more than just the culture wars. The freedom Jesus seeks to give Thus, the freedom the Reformation seeks to uncover is freedom from sin and from death. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, you might say, but Jesus, how can you say that we've ever been slaves to anything? I was born in this church. My family has been Lutheran since we, before we left Germany. We have not known the slavery that comes with a muddled gospel proclamation under a supposedly infallible pope. We have not been taught to supplement the work of Christ by pilgrimage or by indulgence. Again, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If you are caught in some besetting sin, some sin that you continue to return to over and over again, you are a slave to that sin. We make all kinds of excuses for sins like this. No one else is hurt by this. Or God would want me to be happy. He wants me to do this. He would understand. I've even heard the excuse, God made me this way. Why should I change it? What did we confess this morning? If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Dear saints, the real freedom Jesus seeks to offer you this morning is freedom from sin, which is, in turn, freedom from death. The Son has set you free, so you are free indeed. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin, no one can accuse you of sin before God any longer. God has declared you to be righteous by the blood of his Son. And as a sign and seal of that, he has sent you a man to tell you that your sins are forgiven. He has baptized you, and he has fed you with the most precious body and blood of his Son. This means, dear saints, that the Son has, in fact, set you free. And so, you are free indeed. Your sins do not define who you are before God. 
And so that means that your sins do not define you at all. The freedom that Jesus has given you to be free, truly free, from your sins. This means that you, like St. Paul, are now engaged in a war against your own sins. And as a Christian, you have the power and the duty to say no to your flesh. You do not have to listen to it. You do not have to listen to the lying voice of the devil in the world who tell you that your sins are not all that bad. You have the Son who has made you a child and heir of the Heavenly Father, telling you that you are free. And so, you are free indeed. People loved by God. The world does not want us to be ashamed of our sin. It wants us to take pride in it. It even wants us to wear our sins as a label. But you have been washed by the very blood of Jesus. You have been marked by the most holy cross of the most holy Son of God. He remains forever. And because He remains forever, you too shall remain forever in the household of God. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.